0: in Hiding," A four-part series by Michael Paul Tomset, adapted from the book Hiding Horst, Memoirs of a Jewish Boy, by Becky White. Produced by Ross Spoken, with help from Ross Alternative Works, now known as New Works at Ross Valley Players. Our true story continues as Horst is again separated from his parents, and Mr. DeHogue whisks him away from the home of a drunken anti-Semite.
1: My mind started racing. I was worried about my parents, and Dumb Lane tenaciously invaded my thoughts. We waited in a very crowded trolley station.
2: Just act normal. Relax.
3: They searched several buildings on my street. Gestapo
4: stormed the building where we live, too. They found a family in the attic on the third floor. They'd been hiding up there for months, and we never knew.
1: How could they live like that?
3: Like so many rats. They'd be better off to obey the law.
2: Come along, son. Hurry along.
1: We arrived at de Hoag's apartment, and I met his wife.
2: This is Horst. He will be sleeping on the office sofa, just for a few days.
3: Oh, is he now? A Jew, yeah? Maria! Are you a Jew, young man? Yes, ma'am. This is
2: Harry Ferber's son. Mind your manners.
3: You're bringing them here now.
2: It's not enough that you risk your own life, you have to risk mine. Maria, please. It was an urgent situation. Horst has nowhere else to go right now. It will only be for a few days, I promise.
3: I'll set another place at the table.
1: Supper was delicious, but awkwardly silent. After my dinner, Mr. Hogue showed me my
2: room. You will sleep here in my study. The couch should prove comfortable. The drapes should be tightly closed before turning on the light at night. Blackout conditions are still in effect. Remember, tiptoe, speak in whispers. I'll remember and stay away from the windows. I won't forget.
1: To Dutch people, heavily draped windows in the daytime meant you had something to hide. So, until dark, only sheer curtains.
2: As you can see, there are many books here. You may read any that you choose. Thank you. Horst, Mr. Leendert is just drunk and irrational at times, but not insane. Since your family is leaving, he won't have money for Jin. Bad luck for him, eh? Mr. De Hoog? I'm afraid for Mama. Don't worry, my friend. We'll get your folks out of there as soon as possible. I promise. I will find a new place for your mother first. Until then, your father will protect her, yeah? Thank you, Mr. De Hogue. And Horst? About Mrs. De Hoog. She's just scared. It's not you. I know. I understand. Good night, Horst. Good night. I
1: awoke early the first morning. I got dressed and folded my bedding. Mrs. De Hogue brought me breakfast. You will eat breakfast and
3: lunch in here.
5: That looks good. Thank you. I hope I'm not too much trouble for you.
3: You will eat supper with us at the table. Stay here and keep quiet. Dorche, do come in. Any news at all? No, not a word of my Hendrik. But Jost
2: is dead. Ella is hysterical. She just received word yesterday. Why did Hendrik have to get involved? You should be grateful that your husband has better sense. I told Hendrik not to help those damn Jews. It was just a matter of time before they were arrested, anyway. He was just postponing the inevitable.
3: Just thank the good Lord that he's still alive. Well, being sent to and is a death sentence, isn't it? He'll be all right, Dorce. He'll come home after serving his sentence. It's been months. You know, Jost, Henny's husband?
4: He was murdered.
3: murdered. The same could just as easily happen to my Hendrik. I know you're afraid. We're all afraid.
1: Every afternoon for the next few days, Dorce came for tea at three. On Friday, Dorce didn't come for tea. Three-thirty, then four, still no Dorce. Mr. De Hoog came home and, as always, we ate together at the dinner table.
3: Dorce got a telegram. Hendrik is dead. See what happens when you get involved?
2: Horst, go to your room for a moment, please. Yes, sir. If a man is faced with the opportunity to stand up and save a life, but instead remains seated in fear, when his life is done, what will he think of himself? Maria, I know you're scared, but please try to think of Horst. No more talk of people dead, okay? In the days that followed, Mrs. de Hoog hardly spoke
1: at all. One evening, Mr. de Hoog had some news.
2: Horst, I have some good news. Your mother is at a farmhouse in the country and your papa is somewhere in Amsterdam. I'm not sure where your grandmother is placed yet, but she is safe. Oh, I'm so relieved. I have more news. We have found a permanent place for you in Utrecht. I wish I could stay. I would like to keep you here, but I learned today from an informant that this building will be raided soon. It could be next week, could be tonight. We don't know for sure. This is no longer a safe place for you. When will you take me away? I won't be taking you this time. Tonight, someone from the underground is coming. Maria, could you get that please? So soon? You're not safe here.
5: Thank you for everything.
2: You are most welcome, Horst. It's been a pleasure. Here he is. Hello, sir. This is Horst.
4: Tonight you are Wim. If we are questioned, you are my grandson.
5: That should be easy. Good luck, Horst. Thank you, Mr. De Hoogh. And thank you, Mrs. De Hoogh. I'm going to miss your cooking.
3: You're welcome, Horst.
4: Come along, Wim. I have a garden of flowers and vegetables. It's too late for the green tomatoes to grow red and ripen on the vine.
6: The first frost will...
1: After a long train line, listening to every intricate detail about the old man's tomato garden, we arrived in a wealthy neighborhood in Utrecht. All the houses looked the same. The old man led me to one of them. Welcome.
6: Welcome. Come in.
4: Pete, this is Horst.
6: Hello, Horst. You must excuse me. I have some work I need to finish up. Let me fetch my wife and she'll settle you in. Greche?
5: Thanks for bringing me. Good luck with your tomatoes. Oh, good luck to you, young man.
3: Good evening, you must be horsed. We've been expecting you.
5: I am grateful, thank you. Goodbye, sir.
4: It's not goodbye. I'll see you again. I'll come back once in a while to check on you. I'll bring you letters from your folks. Thank you.
1: Great Shay led me to a small yet comfortable room. No warm-scented summer haystack could have been more
3: inviting. Thank you. Certainly. Tomorrow you shall meet our baby girl, Hanny. Good night, Horst. Get some sleep.
5: Good night. I slept
1: well that night. Most of my days were sullen and solitary. Pete worked long hours, and when he was home, he rarely entered my room. I seldom saw Grecia either. Hanny was a miniature version of her mother. She would peek into my room at times. Grecia may have thought that Hanny was disturbing me, but she was not. I was lonely and longed to play. Even with a two-and-a-half-year-old, to fill the hours and minutes of solitude, I study. When I asked Pete for permission to read his books, he laughed. <laughs> Knowledge is free,
6: but you must fill your own container.
1: Thanks to books, I endured the dull, lonely days. When not reading, I would practice the piano. Now, of course, I did not have a piano, nor could I play it if I did have one but I would sit at the desktop or table and imagine piano keys in front of me and finger the notes, hearing the music in my head, like so. In grade school, I had learned a numerical melody system. With that training, I could translate any melody into numbers. If I could sing or whistle a tune, I could teach myself to play it on the piano. In a way, playing the piano is like performing a dance with intricate steps. Each finger must follow another in a logically conceived choreography. As winter wore on, Grete began to suffer more severe headaches. Some afternoon, she would lock herself in her room for hours. That was when Henny began coming to my room to play. (laughs) I taught her little songs and sometimes played with her toys. She especially liked to climb on my back and ride me like a horse. Again, Ross, again! I don't know if she called me Ross because she couldn't say horsed or because Ross is the Dutch word for horse. Whatever the reason, the name stuck. One evening, Pete came home very late. The walls were thin, and I woke up to them arguing.
3: It's late. I was worried.
1: I'm sorry, Gracie.
3: I've one of those terrible headaches, and I needed you. You didn't even telephone.
6: I didn't want to wake you. I'm sorry. I've been shopping.
3: Shopping? In the middle of the night?
6: The black market never closes, my dear. Look what I have. Two fat hens, a bag of candy for Hannie, cake for breakfast, and other things, too. It's going to be a good St. Nicholas Day.
3: You should have telephoned. I was worried. Just look, Great Jay. In all your
6: life have you seen such big hens? They're as big as little turkeys. We'll have a wonderful St. Nicholas Day supper, and the Van Horns will be joining us as usual. What?! I said the Van Horns would be joining us for supper tomorrow.
3: Your boss is an anti-Semite. You can't let him come here.
6: They join us for St. Nicholas Day every year. If we change our pattern, they'll be suspicious.
3: Better to be suspicious than to remove all doubt.
6: Great Jay, we must act normally. I'll ask Mr. Van Horn to say grace, then I'll toast the day, as we have always done in the past. After supper, they'll go home, and no one will be the wiser. And what about Horst? We'll just have to hide him. The broom closet will be safe.
3: What if someone opens the closet door and discovers him? I'll lock it. This is just too dangerous.
1: Tomorrow was St. Nicholas Day, and I was to spend the day in the broom closet. After a quick breakfast, they told me about the evening plans.
6: We're sorry, but you must hide in the broom closet. It's the only safe place. I understand.
3: Honey, do you remember what a secret is? Uh-huh. Well, we're going to play a little game. Horst is a secret.
6: Okay, Horst, let's get to the closet. This tin can, well, it's... You're supposed to use it for
5: your... I understand.
1: I took the tin can and sat on a small stool. Well, be quiet about it. I'll lock the door so
6: no one can blunder in.
5: Oh, hello. hello! Welcome! Welcome! Welcome. Oh, how do you
3: do it, Grace Yeah. I use cream of tartar.
6: Everything under control here?
3: I hope you girls are making yourselves useful in there. May I help you with something, dear? I need to get the table leaf from the closet. What a clever girl to remember where we keep it. This morning I leaned it against the wall by the table. You and your sisters may put it in.
1: Mr. Van Horn's high-pitched voice carried. Hitler,
4: before all the others, recognized the decadence of our society. He identified the unfit degenerates and the parasites. They are like gangrene that must
3: be amputated if our economic, political, and spiritual body is to survive. Excuse me, please. I must see about the chickens. How are they? They're browning quite nicely. May I sit the table? You certainly are helpful. Your mother must be proud.
1: The smoky aroma of roast chicken leaked under the door. It overpowered my senses. And for that which we are about to partake, let us be truly grateful. Spending St. Nicholas Day on a broom closet floor would have passed uneventfully, except for something totally unexpected. A tiny voice asked,
3: Where's false? I want Ross! St.
1: Nicholas and his horse flew back
6: to Spain last night. Pass the vegetables, please.
3: Eat your chicken, honey. It's good. Rolls! Rolls! Sometimes she plays with the hearth broom like a hobby horse.
0: Out, Rolls!
2: Give the child the broom.
0: I must insist. I want Rolls!
4: Oh, open the door, please. Today is St. Nicholas Day. It is quite acceptable to humor a child on this special day is this door locked?
3: Someone needs to go to sleep. I'm going to put my baby to bed.
1: It was well past nine before the holiday guests finally left. It felt good to be able to walk around again. And Gretchen's leftovers were more than delicious. When I woke up on the morning of December 31st, 1942, I thought about How my 13th birthday had come and gone. 13 is a very special age for a Jewish boy. It's the time he stops being a boy and becomes a man. I began to think about the real possibility that I may not become a man at all. Never to marry, never to father a child. I felt so lonely. I suddenly had a strong desire to communicate to Mama and Papa.
5: Dear Mama, I hope you are doing fine on the farm. Two weeks ago, I turned 13 but had no bar mitzvah, which made me sad. I'm staying with a family of three, Gretche, Pete, and their little girl, Hanny. They are kind to me, and I'm doing as I'm told. They have lots of books, and I read many hours every day. I even practice the piano on a tabletop and imagine the music in my head. Gretche is a good cook, but I often think about all of the delicious family meals we had together. I miss you and think of you constantly. Right back soon. Love, Horst.
1: I copied the letter except for the part about the farm and changed the salutation to Dear Papa. I folded them neatly and tucked them away beneath my belongings, which were always stacked neatly beside my bed. Mail day was soon. Welcome. Welcome. Come in. Here, give me your coat.
3: Horst, someone is here to see you.
1: It was the old man with the vegetable garden who brought me here. Well,
5: hello, boy.
1: You look well.
5: Hello, sir. Thank you. Have you seen my parents?
4: I have. I saw your mother last week, and just now came from your father's place. They are well, and they send their love. They regret they did not get to see you on your birthday.
3: Oh, Horst. We missed your birthday?
5: Oh, it's okay. It's not important. I have a surprise for you. Letters!
4: Don't be disappointed if the letters seem vague or unaffectionate. Your parents were warned not to write anything that would disclose your identity or whereabouts. And as soon as you read them, you must
1: destroy them. I read them right away.
0: Dearest son,
5: last week I received a letter from grandma. She is well and happy. My work keeps me busy each day. I often think of you and Harry. I love you with all my heart. I thought about you on your birthday. Lovingly, Mama.
4: Dear son, the war will be over soon and this great nation of ours will settle down. Everyone here is doing well. I hope you are studying diligently
5: and pursuing your medical studies. Keep your chin up, Papa. Wait, I have some letters. Would you please give these to my parents?
4: I must read them first.
3: Here. I'll burn it in the fireplace.
4: I am sorry, Horst. I couldn't carry those. You incriminate too many. Your parents, Greche, and Pete, and you. Try again. And when you do, remember to write in such a way that no one will suspect that you are a Jew in hiding. Yes, sir. Think of it as a secret code, as if you were away from school.
5: Yes, sir. Thank you for the letters. Remember. Secret code. I'll remember.
1: Early in February 1943, Pete entered my room for the first and only time.
6: Horst, I have some good news and some bad news.
5: What is it? Good news first, please.
6: Good news for us, bad news for the Germans! I have it from dependable sources that after months of fighting in Stalingrad, 94,000 German troops surrendered to the Russians. The Nazis are losing their Eastern Front!
5: That is good news. It's the
6: beginning of the end. Soon the war will be over.
5: You really think so?
6: It's very likely. The Russians are routing the Germans everywhere. The Third Reich is panicked all the way to Berlin. Russia came in laughing with joy.
3: (laughs) And what will Hitler do now?
6: He will most likely try to boost armament production. The Germans are stretched thin. He'll force the Dutch to work in his German factories. The Dutch won't do that. Well, I certainly won't. And not a Dutchman I know will either. Mark my words, this war will be over in days. Weeks at most.
5: Soon I will be with my family again.
6: Yes,
1: Horst, very soon. For the first time since I'd gone into hiding, I felt truly hopeful that the war was almost over. But, unfortunately, as you know from history, Pete was wrong. The war dragged on. After the surrender of Stalingrad, Hitler began to starve Holland in order to feed the German war machine. So now, we had even less food, less fuel. Small allotments for each person were carefully monitored. Pete would buy food on the black market, and Gretchy cheerfully stretched the small rations. By the middle of February, Gretchen was just serving two meals a day. One night I was woken up by a rant Pete was having after an evening mass.
6: The German work camps are not what we've been told. They are something else entirely. Shh.
3: You'll wake horse. It's inconceivable.
6: Shh. For months, the Catholic Church has denounced the deportation of Jews. Tonight, from the pulpit, Father Clemens condemned Hitler publicly. He not only sealed his own fate, but his whole congregation.
3: None of us condone these wartime hardships. But the Germans need the Jewish labor force. Aren't they doing the same thing by soliciting Dutch workers?
6: Oh, Gracie, it's different with the Jews. Recently, the Germans have been deporting elderly, sick people from hospitals, and babies from orphanages. What kind of factory work can they possibly perform?
3: Isolated cases. Exaggerations.
6: No, they're not isolated cases. No exaggerations. Those shipped to concentration camps are never heard from again. Not one of them.
3: How do you explain that? I can't explain it. I
6: can. The Germans are systematically exterminating Europe's entire Jewish population.
3: Allied propaganda?
6: I wish it were so, but it's not propaganda. It's not just Jews in Holland. They've been deporting Jews throughout Europe. We've buried our heads in the sand for far too long. No telling how many millions they've murdered.
3: If this is true, we must get away.
6: I know how you feel, but we have no choice. Escape is impossible. To the south is Belgium, occupied by Germany, and to the east is Germany. Where would we go? The sea? We could take a boat to England. Not an option. First of all, we have no boat. Secondly, even if we did get one, we couldn't avoid the coastal patrols.
3: Then what? We do
6: what we have been doing when the war ends we will see maybe we can move to america
3: and what about horst
6: for now we are all safe
3: promise
6: i promise go wake horst
3: horst the closet hurry
6: wait it's all right it's the underground this is horst
4: Hello, Horst. The Gestapo are on their way. You will go with me immediately. Where? I will show
5: you.
3: I wish you luck, Horst.
5: Thank you. Thank you both. You're welcome. Will you kiss Annie goodbye for me?
3: Yes, of course.
5: Horst, it'll be all right. Just go.
4: Come on, son. We have to go now. Our lives are at stake.
6: Goodbye, Horst.
4: We'll stay off the main streets. Just do as I say. Quick! Duck in here.
1: My mind was empty of all thoughts but one.
5: The Germans Germans are are systematically exterminating Europe's entire Jewish
0: population. This concludes part two of Harmony in Hiding, starring Terence McGovern as Fred, Clark Schutz as Horst, Ken Adams as Mr. DeHogue, Margot Bealey as Mama, Jasper Thelen as Pete, Heather Shepherdson as Greche, Also starring Christine Lowry as Dutch Citizen and Mrs. DeHogue, Lynn Lewis as Dorche, Mrs. Van Horn and Dutch Citizen, Stephen Price as Friend, Dutch Citizen, and The Man, Chad Yarish as Mr. Van Horn, Brianna Tomsett as Hanny and Van Horn's daughter, and Victor Schutz as Papa. Richard Banghart, sound engineer and designer. Bruce Vieira, sound effects and original music. Michael Paul Tomsett, director. A special expression of gratitude to Ross Valley players of Ross, California and Marin County for allowing us to record at their facilities and to Ross Alternative Works, now known as New Works at Ross Valley Players, and to the late James Dunn, who were instrumental in the early development of this play. Special thanks to Becky White for her support in working with the late Fred Ferber and writing her book, bringing this wonderful story to us. Thanks to the College of Marin, music and drama departments for their undying support to local theater and artistic groups in Marin County and a very heartfelt thank you to the late and great Fred Ferber and his entire family. Thank you, Fred, for telling your story, and thanks to the Ferber family for your blessing and support. Those who enjoyed this program will also enjoy Becky White's book, Hiding Horst, Memoirs of a Jewish Boy, which can be found at Goodreads.com. Search by title. For those of you who may live in the area, visit the Ross Valley Players in Ross, California for good quality community theater. You can find them online at rossvalleyplayers.com. Raw.